You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. I am incredibly excited, honored with a you, if I might uh, say, to to have uh, to have my guest on today. Um, really close friend of mine. Um, you know, just an unbelievable talent, singer, songwriter, artist, Canadian. Tom Petty fan, um, really was the you know one of the shining points of my of my career when uh, I was in my last job and just overall a, a one in a lifetime kind of talent and a really great friend. I'd like to welcome Billy Rafool to the Grossed Out Podcast. What's up, man? That's a hell of an intro. Thank you for having me, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you don't get to make the medium bucks unless you can do an intro like that. Those are those are some. That was a, a medium mm. buck intro hey i don't work at a major label anymore this is what you get now <laughs> well how am i going to call you major label guy if you're not at a... i don't know man uh, I, we'll, I, we'll figure that out later yeah like i don't even I don't know, know like whatever my next move is it's like well what the fuck are you now <laughs> it's just i keep going down the food chain um no lies uh but you'll I, always be ma- major label guy to me that hey look it's in a video it has to be true right <laughs> so um, I, I'm really excited about this one because it's um, this podcast has been such a treat for me to do because um, I, you know I'm, I'm talking to certain people about bands that I obsess over and I love and we're gonna flip the tables eventually and have somebody interview me about my favorite bands and it's just fun and I, I, you know when I have some bands that are really niche that we're doing here and what, what you and I are tackling today you know is arguably one of the greatest is not the greatest band of all time, which is the Beatles. And it's, um, it, it, we could probably do multiple episodes diving into solo careers, you know, splitting, of course, splitting up the, you know, are you an early guy, a later guy? Um, <laughs> you know, where do you sit with the Yoko situation? There's so much to get into, but I, I really just wanted to talk to you about an overarching kind of like how you got into the band, you know, explain how you discovered the Beatles. Was it a family thing? Was it, was it something with your, with your, with your dad or your mom or I'm, I feel uh, everything considered uh, totally underqualified for this conversation. (laughs) Even as, even as, even though they're, you know, my favorite band of all time. And uh, I like to, think amongst my little circles that I know enough about them, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but you, um, don't, you don't have I'm, to, you know, <laughs> you don't have yeah, to, uh, it's, uh, that all being said, um, it, uh, I was young. I was like, I don't know. I couldn't walk yet before my dad was playing me Beatles records and singing me, you know, I, as you know, my dad's a uh, musician as well. So he was yep. playing me his versions of, uh, Beatles songs and covers and before I could even, yeah, put thoughts together. So wow. uh, it's it's been a family thing forever. That's that, that's amazing, and for and for those of you that are listening that, that don't know, so Billy obviously a, a force and a talent and an artist in his own right. Um, his dad Jody Rafool is this I don't really have the proper word for it, but this troubadour, amazing musician, revered Canadian artist um, who's still recording, making his last record. Billy was incredible, and it's um, yeah. So you come from a musical household. Your brother's a musician. You're a musician. Like it's just it's it's in the Rafool blood, and. Um, it's it's strange, not strange, but it's always interesting to me when somebody picks one of those bands to be your favorite band. Where like, 
do you know anybody whose favorite band is Pink Floyd? I, I don't. And if they say they don't, it is. I don't believe them. But with you, I, I, I know you. So I, I believe that this is your band. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, it's, uh, I know what you're saying. It's, it's, it's easier just for someone to say, oh, yeah, they're my favorite. They're the best. It's like the, the Rolling Stones. Or, sure. Um, Led Zeppelin. Or, you know, I, uh, I, I feel like, um, with with bands and music in general, you, I, I feel like you fall in and love in and out of love with things over time. Mm-hmm. You can get heavy into. I mean, I know you can. Uh, you can get heavy into a record for uh, for like you know three months. And that's all you're listening to, right? And then you and then you know you put it away or you're on to something else. And then when you're in the throes of something else, you can look back on it. And you're like, ah, it's not really all. You know, it's it, it it's not everything it was to me. You know. A few mm-hmm. months ago, and uh, I think what makes the Beatles my favorite band is that once a year, you know, help will knock me off my feet. Yeah. The album help. Yeah. Well, once a year, you know, I will have traveled through, you know, twelve months of different music, new music, old music, music that's new to me that's old. Yeah, um, of course. And then I'll come back to them and be like, oh, yep. There's here's home base, and I will just hear something I didn't hear before, or I'll try and you know cover a Beatles song and just be like, what, the f- what the fuck? How do they sing all that? You know, or how do they sing all that together? And uh, that's you know that's what makes them one of the things to me that makes them my favorite. Totally, there's there's um, it's something I talked about actually in the last episode which I recorded um last night actually about a hardcore band from New York and we got on the topic of the Beatles funny enough and it, it's it's that when I was a kid the simplicity of as a, as a drummer and a musician as the simplicity of especially Ringo's playing but the Beatles overall didn't it didn't hit me I loved Petty I loved Jeff Lynne Traveling Wilburys whatever but the Beatles other than like a couple of songs off Abbey Road never really hit me because it just felt why isn't he doing more like why 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 is this so simple and as i've grown older like especially through college and into like my 20s it all just hit me like fuck this is the most brilliant band ringo's the best drummer ever like it just he just you serve the song you serve the song craft and that's something that i don't think any band has quite hit the way they did totally and i mean obviously with you know you're a drummer so you can touch to that but like Ringo had such a unique way of doing it. It became his thing. It wasn't, yes, it, it was simple on so much, uh, you know, in, in the great, you know, he wasn't Neil Peart, um, but there, but he needed to be there for Neil Peart to end up being there. You know, like it, it uh, he had such a signature way of, of it has a signature way of playing the drums. Totally. I mean, and, um, and in doing so, he's probably made, I don't even know what you'd call it, like his, his part on Come Together has to be, if not the most, recognizable drum beat of all time that's a great part i mean heard and heard in, in, in bars all over the world heard in bars all over right. the world right. the only song i've ever done karaoke or uh, uh yeah karaoke too i guess uh that's the only one either, either the only or the first not the only but it is the first it was the first yeah. got it got it i was like you had to do more than that there has to be like a white snake in there or something <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I, I was uh um, it's a funny long story that I was just about to dive into and then 20 minutes would go by and be like, 
We'll have only talked about Ringo Starr. <laughs> it's like, and that's it. We'll we'll dig into the other parts yeah. of Ringo Starr's yeah. illustrious solo career. Which, by the way, yeah. I, I I was so um, obviously I'm I'm old. So when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but behind the music was just every week on VH1, and there okay. and there was a behind the music on Ringo specifically, and I think it was behind the music and. He has had the most successful solo career of any Beatles artist. He had fourteen number one hits. I can only name and like the, one, I think. And the and the first one, I believe. Yeah. I think he was the first Beatle to go number one after they disbanded, right? I believe uh, photograph. Yes. And then the one uh, I remember is Back Off Boogaloo, which is such a ridiculously uh-huh. fun song, but that that's just insane to me because that's like saying, Oh yeah, the bass player, you know, had he had all the hits. Like no one says that. Yeah, and it's so common for people to, uh, you know, make fun of Ringo. It's like, oh, you know, when you have so many super talented individuals or, you know, known, uh, and, you know, John and, and, and Paul yeah. get the most attention for sure. And, and uh, uh, each one of them is brilliant in their own right, obviously, clearly. Totally. So... Are you so? Do you have a favorite album or a favorite song? Is there so? You, obviously, you mentioned the album Help, but is there something that it just kind of sits a little bit above the rest in both of those lanes? I don't know, man. I, it's uh, there's a time uh, when I would have said uh, Rubber Soul hmm. or Revolver or Sgt. Pepper's anywhere in that 1965, 67, like that, those those three records. Um, but uh, the early stuff, um, I sound like such a douchebag. I don't know the early stuff. No. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the first album uh, that you know, please please me. Like I uh, always talk about that one whenever anyone asks me what my favorite is because I feel like those before they were you know changing um, the landscape of popular music. Uh, and before they were really the Beatles, they were, you could hear how hungry they were mm-hmm. and how um, determined and competitive and fucking, you know, just sleeping, eating, breathing, you know, music and playing yeah. together, which um, resonates, I think, with me just from, again, watching my dad work uh, as a musician for my entire life and, and the his band, you know, the constant gigging and uh, uh-huh. singing together and growing together and uh, just putting on show after show after show. You can hear, I just like, you can just hear that in the in the first records, um, like "Please Please Me" and with the Beatles. You, uh, not that you can't hear it elsewhere. You just can hear the songwriting developing and um, <clears throat> the the songs are changing and um, they're not in as much of a hurry. It feels mm-hmm. like. You know, yeah. the record's gone. But um, yeah, I don't know. That I always go to the beginning because it's like it's inspiring as fuck, and it's uh, you get this kind of nostalgia about it that you, even though I obviously wasn't there, and and uh, yeah. you can just you can hear it. Um, you can hear it in Lennon's voice. You can hear it. You can hear it in, in all their playing. But um, yeah, I think there's something special about. It first couple records for me that's that's really interesting i mean i i would have figured you would have said that but that's it's so funny because with most bands like you touched on it with most bands it's like 
like what you said. It's like our, our um, oh no, I only like the early stuff, like with Pearl Jam. It's like, oh, I like the first three records. And it's like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's like your typical frat bro fan. And when you're dealing with the Beatles, you usually, oh, I like everything from, you know, Rubber Soul Revolver on. That's that's mm-hmm. where they got weird or became, you know, I mean, look, they did all of this in a seven, eight year period. It's insanity how much they were yeah. able to release. And you look at a band like Bo- Boston released a record every eight to 10 years in that span the Beatles came and went, which is just fucking mind blowing. But what what I figured that you'd talk about the early years because, and I I, I hope I'm not overstep I'm not overstepping. No, I, no, I, no, I, no, no, I don't. But, but I feel that that's something, at least as a as a fan of your music, that I feel that's something that that you you craft songs in a way where it's like, let me get in. Let me get out. Let me get my point across. Let me keep it. And that's that's something that's missing from a lot of from a lot of music. Like, yeah, like there's prog and jazz, and there's a lot of meandering. And, and sometimes you don't stay within that two and a half minute window. But that just feels like such a sweet spot, especially when you're doing like a solo acoustic or a more kind of like like that kind of song. Totally, I was definitely re- like uh, um, raised on like the shorter song to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you think about it, it's like, it kind of blows your mind. Um, when you think about it, like, I don't know, I keep going back to help. Two minutes and fucking 15 seconds long or however quick it is. There we go. Um, but you, you listen to a song like that or you listen to uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Mm-hmm. Can't Buy Me Love. Like watching my dad's band do Can't Buy Me Love. That, that, it's such a crazy song <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to sing and play and sing with, 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 uh, you know, with other people. Um, there, you could fit three of those in the stairway to heaven, nothing against stairway to heaven. <laughs> right. I, I love, yeah, I have my own, you know, I'll always remember where I was the first time I heard that. And I was like, no way. but you can literally, yeah, <laughs> fit no. three of them in that song lengthwise. Totally. And, uh, you never, ever get sick of it. You know, it's, um, it, it, quick, quick, um, you know, making fun of myself situation. I can't believe I'm admitting this, but when I, this takes away so much of my cred, but I really don't give a shit. Uh, when I, when I was a kid, I watched Wayne's world in the theaters and, um, I didn't know what no stairway meant. So when I saw that scene in the movie, I was like, huh, that must be some sort of reference. I don't yet understand. Cause I'm, I'm 10 and I'm, it's like, it's so embarrassing. Cause that, that's gotta be one of the most quintessential things about walking into a Sam Ash or a guitar center or whatever. And being like, Hey, don't fucking play this song, please, please. We've heard it so many times. So poorly. That's the, that's the fucking, that's the guitar center joke. Mm-hmm. Um, me and yeah. <laughs> Me and Justin always making that joke. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and, um, I, and I've been to stores that have the sign there. You know, obviously post the movie, and it's like ah, I'm in oh, a... and the, the blue, it's like blue. Yeah, it's like the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm in on your joke now. Now I get your, <laughs> I get I'm your like, shop humor. Yeah, um, but, exactly. So you know, what? Obviously, nobody here has seen the Beatles live. Um, you know, I know people that have in the business, and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the like. I, I know people that are, that were at the, the Shea Stadium show in '65, which is insane. I think my my uncle was at that show, I believe, which is nuts because we we I grew up about four minutes from Shea Stadium, so that's wild. That's just insane to me. But have you seen any of the other? Uh, have you seen Paul live or Ringo live or? or- I saw um, I saw Paul 
at Comerica Park. And I want to say, I want to get it right, but I want to say it was uh, it was Comerica Park in Detroit. Mm. I think it was 2011. Yeah, it was either 2010 or 2011. It was in the summer. Um, I still have the shirt. It's like mm. the only band to have made it in line. It's been 65 Oh, oh man um yeah <laughs> yeah the old guard gouges yeah. you pretty good you gotta wait for like the bootleg merch in the parking lot <laughs> there you go yeah very exactly. on brand um but yeah i actually got to see that paul mccartney show i think in 2016 out here at dodger stadium and i don't i mean i don't know how it was for you but i mean he was still you know not to he was still old at that time when you saw him in 2011 did he he went all out at our show. He he played like 44 oh, 45 songs. I mean, complete yeah, fucking he, it, energy. It, it was what you expect from like a Bruce Springsteen set yeah. or a Foo Fighters set. It was 3 hours long. Yep. And he, you know, unless someone else is there and going to tell me it was actually 2 hours long, but I was, you know, this is 10 years ago. It felt like it was 3 hours long and it was so fulfilling and he he uh they played everything. Well, it's yeah, it's everything not, I want to hear. I think it same here, and I think that's what was most eye opening to me that night was that I, I'm trying. I've been trying to think of another artist with Paul specifically that has had these three fully successful, fully separate careers. It's insanity. Phil Collins, obviously a Genesis and then solo, and there's there's a ton of artists that have done that, but there's yeah. not many I can think of any at all that have had three with the Beatles, Wings, and then solo. He's I mean, that's insanity. So when you go see them play like band on the run into like come together into um, drive and rain or something like that, it's just fucking mind blowing. Yeah, he's a that's, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be There's very few probably in the category that have had a similar career. And I don't think there'd be many more like that. No, I mean, he's he's getting ready. I saw saw the yeah. I don't know when it's out, but I saw that the artwork for McCartney three. So like, it's, com- <laughs> it's coming out at some point. I'm, I, I think this year. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So he's what eighty. He's he's seventy eight, seventy nine. He's getting yeah. up there. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude, that's incredible. And it's like, I, I was working a project recently, just a quick song to come out. And th- there was like, you know, Sammy Hagar was involved, Michael McDonald, Dave Mason from Traffic, and a few others. And it was just like a benefit thing. But the the um, the, t- the team age on the project was over 600 years old. <laughs> and there's only the like, <laughs> so there, there was only like, I think there was like seven guys. So these guys are all fucking old. And they were throwing down, like, it was it was like a studio <laughs> quarantine clip. And it was like, they were just going off. And it's like, man, this is a special generation. Like when you go see the Stones live, it's like the energy that they have on stage and say yeah. obviously Paul same thing when I saw Elton John a few years ago like Neil Young like this that I don't know what it is but it's like if they lived past the hump where a lot of them fell away it's yeah. like they kick into some sort of fifth gear once they hit like 72 I can't I can't explain it like have you seen Fleetwood Mac live since since uh, I haven't no but I, I, I mean I've seen you know, I've seen that I've seen videos on, on YouTube and whatnot yeah Nuts. It, yeah, it's inspiring as hell, man. Unless you see Mick running around in, in uh, like Air Max. <laughs> yeah. You know, Nike's just fucking 
making them super cool. He's still going for it. Still got the balls dangling from his outfit. Like he's just what a lunatic. I fucking love it. Um, so, so if you had, um, I always find this super interesting, especially amongst like mm-hmm. like favorite bands. If you had, yeah. if you like. There's always your favorite record and then a best record, and not often those two meet, especially amongst the super fans. So does that mm-hmm. – how, how is that – what's that situation for you? Okay, so yeah, favorite record uh, going with either, you know, Please Please Me or with the Beatles, mm-hmm. you, you know. And then best record, probably Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. Um, and I'd say it's between that and the White Album. For me, mm. I don't know. Again, everything I say is gonna be like, oh, of course, because <laughs> because it's the Beatles, right? And uh, it's uh, easy to fall into a stereotype there. Everything's um, shattering in one way or another, you know. Yeah, uh, but but like, I just I'm sorry, go on, go on. Like my first one of my first gigs uh, with the band ever in high school with, with like my buddies, we were. I think we did two or three songs from Sgt. Pepper's because when I was growing up before I, I you know, I'm, I don't know the significance of the record when I'm 10 or 11. Right. But I'm just told by my dad, you know, my my dad and my dad's friends and his band, this is like, you know, a life-changing record for these reasons. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. I just listen to the songs. And I think that's the, the best part about them, right? Is that I'm 10, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know what you mean when you say this is this was a feat, you know, for musical production and and, and with George Martin they were able to create a sound that was never heard before. They added, um, you know, a symphony to a to, to a rock song, or they were they were they were recorded the first you know reverse guitar, or you know, like, right. I don't know, I don't know what, what that that means. When I'm ten, but I I can still listen to getting better or listening to Sky with Diamonds as I'm 10 and I'll be singing it for, you know, weeks on end. Yeah, no. The, that's, that's why they were, and they are the best to me. They, well, th- th- that's, that's such a unique perspective too. And I actually think about this a lot, especially like, um, so, you know, our, the, the person, you know, a good friend of ours, Jesse DeFloria was on the Bruce Springsteen episode mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And what was so, Absolutely. what was so cool about that for me was, so after I do all these episodes, I put together a playlist of every song we talked about, which really sucks because I kind of dug my own grave. The one I did yesterday, we talked about Nickelback for like five minutes and it's like, now I think I have to put a Nickelback song in this pot in this podcast playlist about a hardcore band from Brooklyn so that's going to be a really interesting find for somebody you, but you need to do it I, oh it, I, I have to do it like, <laughs> natural I, 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 I you're just, talking to Canadian too natural transition <laughs> and I, I would love to talk to I'm not putting them on two playlists we're not getting into this so <laughs> but but I think what made it what made it so interesting is that you know and obviously Jesse is is younger than I am too but he came up with a number of records and it's like can you imagine as you did where you got handed a record or found a record and it was just any other record on the shelf and you listen to it and you're like, Oh cool. My dad likes it. I'm going to listen to it. That's amazing. But you weren't mm-hmm. there when it came out. You didn't understand no. like the pandemonium around it. And there's like, it's like when you go back through Neil Young's catalog and there's like a lot of, there's a lot of filler in there amongst some true, obviously fucking gems, like best records of all time kind of gems. Mm-hmm. But it's like, can you imagine living through that? Like you, you, you get, harvest and then 
you get these follow-ups that don't, I mean, obviously on the beach, amazing, but then like you go through the eighties with Neil Young and it's like, you're living through this every year. There's another record and it's so bad. And so, so you just, but when you get it all at once, it's like a whole different perspective. And, and like, I like some of those records, even though I know yeah, they're bad. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're spoiled mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know, and the next generation will be even more spoiled. Oh, totally. You get it all. It's like it's in every movie scene, every music movie scene ever. It's like, here, you want this one, you want, this, you want that one, you want this one, you want this blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, again, another thing uh, with the Beatles. And I always joke with my cousin, John, who um, is a Beatles fanatic as well. And his, his dad, my great uncle, so John's a generation older than me. He's um, technically my second cousin, but, you know, call my cousin. And... Uh, his dad is my dad's uncle, mm-hmm. who, Uncle Morris, my great uncle, who got him into the Beatles. Me and John always joke about them not having a bad song. So, like, in my eyes, they definitely don't have a bad album. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, the, yeah. But, you know, I, but, but I, I kept, the only, only fucking letdown I ever had, and it wasn't even a letdown, it was like, oh, they didn't actually write that song. Again, going to the early records, it's like, yeah. oh, Anna was a cover, or, you know. Uh, they didn't like twist and show. They didn't write that. Like that was the only ever thing I learned. I don't, have, you know, I could spend weeks at a time with any one of their records. No, come back and tell you exactly why. Well, you know, I love it. There's there is no filler to me. You um, know, same thing happened to me with Taxman. I thought yeah. they wrote Tax. I mean, they, like who kicks off the record with a cover? And I I, I thought. Oh, what, Okay, maybe uh, maybe I mean maybe I'm I don't know and you can explain this to me. <laughs> Are you talking about Revolver? Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. Um, a taxman is is Harrison. Uh, why did I think that was that Clapton had wrote, written that song? Uh, Clapton's on. Uh, well, my guitar gently weeps. I don't think as a writer. I think he's just playing guitar. Huh. Um, well, then I'm an but, idiot. Yeah, and I'm the fucking dick who has to say something because we, we, we can't, we can't, we can't like, go on. No, you, you up. should, you should. I, oh my god, like, oh, that's that. Yeah, I mean, look, whatever. But that's I. I don't know why no, yeah, I thought to, that. But no, but to your, you know, again, this is like um, a band that uh, songwriting, and I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut up because George is fucking incredible, and you could put an album's worth of just George's, you know, Beatles songs on it and be like, this is one of the greatest albums of all time. Totally. Hands down. You know, no fucking questions. Um, with Taxman and something. And, uh, Here comes, Here comes the, sun. the sun. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, mm-hmm. that's insane. So, you know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, apparently you can yeah. fucking throw Taxman on there now. I've so. never thought about it like that, actually. <laughs> wow. Put, like, put George Harrison's fucking Beatles mm-hmm. songs together in one album, and you're like, yeah, it's top five album all time. Of all time. <laughs> it's crazy. Jesus. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so, but it, they did kick off, uh, they did kick off Revolver with a song that uh, wasn't a Lennon-McCartney co-write, and, you know, that definitely probably stuck out to you in your head it did um, so thanks for trying to thanks for trying to make me feel better (laughs) yeah i feel (laughs) i feel so much better now billy thank you (laughs) 
No, but but that's that, but that's I think that's what's so interesting about this band. First of all, like now I'm gonna go and make a George Spotify playlist for sure. Like that's I Dude, I, I have to. No, that that needs that needs to happen. Like a George a George Beatles Spotify playlist. Okay. Boom. Yeah, amazing. Share it with me. I, I will share. Well, it, yeah, you got it. Um, it. It's you know, it, it's interesting to me because when you think about all the ground they covered between '62 and I mean, obviously '70, but really '69, that's an insane mm-hmm. amount of development in a seven-year period. And then basically to be what retired at like 27 or 28, and then like no, now we're gonna do solo careers, or it's just what a what a weird trajectory they made. And obviously the times were different. Yeah. You released music, honestly, things are coming sort of full circle. I mean, people are releasing things way more often now. Like there is no off season anymore, so to speak. No, and no, and yeah, yeah. They kind of said, "Tell me Sorry, about that." No, 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 no. I was gonna say, as, no, a, the, as an they, artist, tell me. They set the precedent, among, mm-hmm. you know, for that, and them along with them. Uh, I've been such a Beatles fan for so long. I never had time for Bob Dylan, even though they kind of go <laughs> hand in hand in many ways. Uh, and I've just only recently, um, you know, through a family friend, it's helped me kind of through uh, what to, where to start, kind of thing. I feel like I'm taking a program on it <laughs> anyway. But they, these guys set the precedent from for that work ethic, like insane. Well, that's the, it. the output and the yeah. quality output. <laughs> well, that's you it, know? right? That's it. There's no, there's no filler. There's, I mean, there's obviously like, you know, th- there's some moments on like the white album where they were trying to stretch this to make it a conceptual piece, but there's no filler, you know, quote unquote. No, no. And, um, yeah, I mean, going back to that, like, Lennon's first solo record post Beatles is my favorite record of all time. Like all in favorite record. No um, shit. Plastic Ono Band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for just, I don't know, some of my favorite songs, the honesty, the heart wrenching, some of my favorite singing he's ever done. Uh, probably the time in my life when I heard it front to back. And yeah, so that I think, the Beatles are my favorite band, but that's my favorite. That's my favorite album. So I mean, he had. And that came, I think, in seventy one, seventy. Seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was that, and then Mind Games fall somewhere in that. Uh, imagine would have. Been, imagine then Mind uh, Games. Imagine would have been the second. Yeah, because yeah. I just love. Um, actually, my you know Anna showed me. My, my wife showed me. Um, I was never into some of the solo stuff for, for, for John until we, we kind of you know started, we, you know, you meet somebody, you go through records, you, you, you go to, course, you know, you go to yeah, record yeah. stores, and like, there was this great record store in Jacksonville where we were in college, and um, they it was when vinyl was just so not in, in, in vogue. It wasn't just nobody cared, and for like 20 bucks, he was like, pick out 100 records, and so we kept going back, and I mean, we got like the Dark Horse catalog, a bunch of John Lennon solo stuff. like It was just the amount of good records we got in that hall those halls were insane but i remember sitting there and listening to um to watching the wheels and that 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 song is just so fucking good it's a perfect song it really is my brother plays on the piano all the time oh it's one of his favorites i'd love is it for peter i'd love to hear that yeah yeah i know he he crushes it that's amazing amazing that was you know another thing for me in my upbringing is like my dad used to play these songs and uh bianca and i always uh laugh about this because she thought the same thing with her dad <laughs> but uh these songs that became nursery rhymes that became you know 
staples in the household, like, like Golden Slumbers or, mm-hmm. um, for me, you know, Blackbird. Or, uh, my dad would sing them so much when I was so young before I'd know that they were the Beatles, and I'd think they were the Beatles. Or I think they're my father's song. I thought they were my dad's song. So, <laughs> like, I, I'd, I'd be going to school, and uh, I can't remember where I was the first time I heard the Beatles version of Golden Slumbers, but it <laughs> had already my dad's version burnt into my head, and I was like, fuck who's coming my dad's song <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> you know? uh, which is you know embarrassing it's, it's fuck so no it's not uh, that that's that's like but the... that's that's kind of you know that's where we uh, dude that's, that's where that's, that's, that's how ingrained it is it's not embarrassing that's the sweetest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life so um, uh, well so how so how did how did that conversation go after you'd kind of discovered did you like going from school and be like hey man i gotta talk to you about something honestly this, this... rob it happens so many fucking times it happens <laughs> so that. much it happens so much uh neil young songs mm-hmm. beatles songs Otis redding songs wow yeah. man i mean that's uh, well, your dad's got that yeah. voice too, to where where he can kind of ride that line. Yeah, to to his credit, it's uh, he's always uh, always done them justice and beyond. So it's, that's why it was easy for me to imagine in my in my head, you know. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, dude, that's like it, it's just like I, I've. It's so interesting to hear to hear like a story like that because like you, you know it's the for for those of us that didn't grow up with with musicians in the household or, or at least like professional musicians it's like you just you either find your own way or you get what you get and you don't exactly get confused over whether like my stepdad wrote Blackbird that doesn't that doesn't happen he most definitely fucking didn't and uh, no it's you know I'm spoiled no Very, but uh, but it's cool lucky man been that you know close to it growing up. Totally. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it was also, you know, quick sidebar. Um, it was just like so amazing to actually get to, to, to meet your dad and, and, and the family and, and have everybody come to New York for like, so, you know, for, for those of you listening, Billy. Oh, yeah, man. Know, that was, it was beautiful, sorry, man. No, no, no. I was, I was just setting the stage, man. Um, <laughs> we, we all, we, we, a few of us flew to New York. Uh, we knew your dad was coming. You didn't. We, um, you know, we, you're putting out your first EP, and um, it was just a beautiful thing. It was like a, a you know, packed show at at the, at the Shot flagship store, which I know you're a huge fan of, wearing the jacket. I think, yeah. we, which I think is Jesse's, right? And on the EP cover, on the EP cover, it's Jesse's, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and then I ended up, I had to get one afterwards. Of course, but that one is for sure Jesse's. Yeah. So I, I know someone else that got a jacket that day too, but you know, we'll, we'll just, I hope, I hope he'll listen to this and he'll know what we're talking about. Um, and, um, and then, um, but it was just such like, like, that's how it's supposed to be. And it was just like, I know not about the Beatles, but just a really, you know, what w- that was like the culmination of what, what, you know, like real work hard work and good times kind of collide. And it was just really cool to meet your family. Oh man. That- so sweet to tell the story, dude. It was it was beautiful. It was it was a cool, really great surprise, um, and just a great event uh, for me in general. It was you know, all. It was also you the you guys uh, put yeah. putting that together. You and uh, Lexi, and you know, it, it was amazing. It was a, it was a blast, man. And also, it will go down as, in history as the most single single expensive and longest Uber ride in the history of uh, app based driving. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! 
yeah that and then yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was cool so uh for for anyone listening that that doesn't know how the new york map works going from uh, the Lower East Side to Union, New Jersey during rush hour is highly ill-advised. It's just... Yeah, I think we had to... Remember we had to pull over at a... Uh, uh, a car, <laughs> you did. At a piece so bad, yep. you let me out at a car dealership. I did, yeah. I went, in, I went into like, I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm sure this is a great Nissan, but like, I need to use your bathroom. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, it's like, hey, like, listen, I, I'm totally interested in this Sentra. I'll be right back. <laughs> but uh, it was just, yeah, yeah. It was after we got into New Jersey. And it was in the middle of nowhere. We, there was no. Uh, it was just a car dealership. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was Route 22, which Jesse and I got into because that's like that's like the Bruce Springsteen Expressway, basically. And it, okay, so you guys uh, eventually by the you know. 30th episode you'll cover the, the new york map oh I, absolutely i mean I, that's that's the plan i think i'll do dylan we'll do sonic youth and then we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll let's tear apart new york piece by piece if anybody knows about any connecticut bands let's do that too yeah. um so if if so when i so to, to, to rewind it a few years when i first got to interscope and i and we met it was, I think, my first week on the job. I think you might have just turned 21, maybe. And we went to lunch, and I remember sitting there with you, and I had asked you, um, you know, just, just to get to know an artist. We're going to work together. Like, let's be friends. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I remember sitting there with you and asking you who um, – we talked about the Beatles a bit, and, uh, you know, it's kind of answering my own question here, but, you know, what were the th- your three favorite artists that weren't that? And you, you know, I don't know if it stayed the same today. Maybe it was in the context of that conversation, but I remember you rattled them off so quickly that it was like – it was it was Petty Cocker Springsteen, and – I don't know. That's, okay. I don't know. That's just, that could have been just a random Wednesday. But this was my three favorites outside the Beatles. Is that what it was? Yeah, and I I was so because like obviously there's which is so funny because I I try to ask this question like hey this band didn't exist but there's obviously been a movie about that recently if the Beatles didn't fucking exist and this oh my god yeah yesterday yeah and yeah. this and this dude writes the songs and becomes like this fucking star and that's. If the Beatles didn't exist, what would we be here talking about? Okay, that's a good question. Um, shit. <laughs> well, do I need to follow the rules of yesterday? Like, <laughs> no, does that you... mean that everything that follows the, the the Beatles that was influenced by like there's a way to exist? <laughs> you know, oh, that was my favorite oh. thing about that movie. Eh? How yeah. they were, like they would, you know, things that were directly related, like like the you know. Like oh, that's uh, that, also that's like wrong. that's layers. That's like that's like layers to a cake right there. Because I I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, they definitely wouldn't exist. I mean, most things wouldn't exist the way they do in music without the Beatles, whether you love them or you don't. And but um, but yeah. So so you know, we, we would be probably you know talking about um talking about Springsteen mm-hmm. or um. Well, obviously, you and Jesse just covered all that, so yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe maybe in a little bit we'd be talking about Bob Dylan or um, yeah, yeah. I, I one I, I love talking about Badfinger, which yeah uh, is directly related to the Beatles. I couldn't be more. That would have been like the first thing to go <laughs> um, if they didn't exist. Uh, but Pete Ham, uh, I have a soft spot. Pete, uh, partly because of the tragic story 
of that band uh, and uh, and the other half because of how incredible the songs were mm. and uh, again going back to like the like painstaking thing about you know the way he sang and the, the way they sang together very very uh, determined and like you know fucking hungry yeah that's the, the only word I always use first word I used to describe well, that, that's like a but, that's a, it's a running I mean not a running theme with you but I, but that's something that I, I know that strikes a chord with you where it's like can I can I hear how how much you want it in this song can we hear mm-hmm. how much you know you were just trying to get your message out there and you know absolutely yeah. it's important you can you can hear when a band loses the edge or you can hear when like you know oh, s- certain bands like where dr- you know drugs got the best I mean in a normal situation, the Beatles would have had that. That would have been. Yeah, of course. You know, of course. Yeah. Like what? Like, that had gone on. It just. Oh yeah. It what? was. Uh, destined. To, if it was going to be as great as it was, I don't. Yeah. I, I think we'd be talking about it differently now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, th- th- there's there's a lot to be said about that. Where a band, obviously, there's no reunion. That that's not that, that's not even mm-hmm. in the not in the cards, obviously. But there's mm-hmm. a lot to be said about the bands that truck along the whole time, and then the bands that that don't, and then come back, and there's a renewed interest, a renewed fire, uh, or you know, <laughs> a renewed sponsorship or something. But 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 like you know what I'm saying? Like there's a band like ZZ, yeah. like ZZ Top where it's like. They're never gonna not be ZZ Top. They're never gonna not play the songs that you want them to play. They might throw you a surprise here or there, or like the Stones, but like you know, there's there's something. Or obviously, you know, the Heartbreakers. That was a whole other level. But mm-hmm. I don't think the Beatles would have kept that fire as like it would have been more of like a you know like Pink Floyd towards you know, the end of Roger Waters' tenure, making the final cut where it was like, all right, this is slapped together. There's like two good songs on here. What are you doing? <laughs> That's so funny. You go after the final cut because the final cut's like one of my favorites. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like, of course you do. I, I like the final. I, let me, I should have prefaced this with, I, I enjoy Dude. the final cut, but I, we, we, we both know what it is. Come on. <laughs> well, it, it, it was supposed to be the music for the wall, right? I don't know. I know that it came after the wall, and the band was pretty. Yeah, I thought like, it was supposed to be like the music for the movie, the wall. Like they ended oh. up writing it. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't have the you know I don't have the information right in front of me, but I, it was something like that. I think it was written for uh, the previous like the movie mm-hmm. didn't get used. That makes uh, sense. And then they put it out. So that's probably why you get that. <laughs> Not to just jump into. No, no, no. It's going to be split. Are you doing one on Pink Floyd? Have you already done <laughs> No, no. It's, it's so funny because I, I and, and I won't include this on the playlist, but I had like five different people reach out to me that wanted to do the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So it's like, okay, fine. How do we split this up? Because, but that got me thinking that I want to do, these episodes aren't like, like they're not like, we're only talking about the Beatles or we're only talking about Beatles members. But because like conversations, you know, especially when people know each other, they, 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 mm-hmm. they meander, they change. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I, I like the idea of taking a band and talking about it with multiple people across different episodes because of course. Like Well while we're on yeah. while we're right on yeah. on the final cut, which yeah. I don't know how we got here, but uh, <laughs> I was talking <laughs> um, I was talking to my buddy Jason um, in uh, in Nashville about it and 
the gunner's dream mm. when it kind of I think it goes from Roger Waters vocal to saxophone solo there's a moment mm. and it, it, it seamlessly cut together pun intended um, Very and uh, it, dude that's like every single time I hear that song that is crazy goosebumps that is like that's like up there with for me obviously i've told you about my how much i love plastic on a band like uh like lennon going off the end of mother and he's yeah, just yeah. fucking screaming his guts out and that moment in um the gunner's dream just fucked me up so hard in high school when I, when I heard that for the first time I was with my uh, my buddy Sam Nora um, and yeah we just sat in his Honda Civic and listened to that <laughs> fucking 25 times and that yeah that, that song that song messes me up that yeah. album that album messes me up there's there's something to be said for sitting in a car with somebody and listening to something whether you're parked yeah. or like smoking a joint or doing whatever yeah. other drugs or whatever or not and I, I that's like that's what it's so funny because you mentioned Dylan before and we we talked briefly but I I hated Bob Dylan hated him in high school I mean I was in like I I loved all all my Seattle stuff and my hardcore my metal and hip hop but and my singer songwriters but I never connected with Dylan and I still to some extent haven't there's there's things that I love and then things that's like no thank you at all yeah. but it was sitting in a car with Anna who is then my girlfriend listening to the hurricane on on would seemed like on repeat for forty five minutes. But but that's the thing is that we were definitely not sober and on some, you know, not we were definitely doing some you know things uh, you know fun college you know? drug stuff. And I remember um, the song seemed like it was going on for like two hours and maybe it fucking was. It was it was a tape deck, so it, it had to be just the one time. But I remember that that's what blew my mind, like hearing this song in like this different context. And um, but yeah, I, to me, I'll always think about sitting in a car, pushing the tape in, mm -hmm. listening to it with the car. Like, yeah. you know, it was freezing cold. Um, yeah, it's fucking great. Like, do you, like yeah, the, those moments you have forever. That's the first time you've heard this. I've, that's that's you know. And I actually listened. It's funny, I was listening to Hurricane today. Oh shit. Um, and I've never. I've probably listened to that song. Maybe I'm gonna be honest. Probably three dozen times in my life and that and that i've never skipped it once i've never skipped through it it's literally seven and a half minutes long or whatever it's but it's never enough it's just it's it's, it's incredible i mean it's so on the nose to the to the story when you you hear it and you see the movie in your head and um to touch on that with, with dylan real quick <laughs> i loved how you know you could hear like that song which is uh up in tempo yeah, it's yeah. a quicker one, and obviously got the I think it's the fiddle, um, and uh, it's fucking eight minutes long, right? Mm -hmm. But it's up in tempo, so it doesn't it doesn't end. It's this this you know terrible story. Um, yeah, it, is. It, it doesn't ever feel long, and then you listen to um, the two and a half minute knocking on heaven's door, right? <laughs> and it's a lot slower in tempo, and so it's only two and a half minutes long. You know, I think he had a brilliant way I, I never get um i like i mentioned earlier i'm diving into it slowly now into the bob dylan catalog and, and 
finding all these things that I've been subconsciously influenced by through other people because I don't you don't realize how much same thing with the Beatles you don't realize how far their reach dude we, is and you've been yeah. you've been influenced by them at least as I have as a musician without even knowing it in in the obvious ways I I know when I am because I'm seeking it out because I'm learning the song and I want to pick apart what I love about it and I want to you know use that mm. uh, but then you also hear it in other the intro people in between I mean, oh, I hear of course. my dad, I hear my dad's, you know, voice and my dad's songs. Like, oh, I know where you got that from kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So anyway. Well, no, no, it, that's, that's a, re- it's a really good segue because I, I actually, with, with respect to just the Beatles, I really wanted to ask you this because it's something that's so near and dear to me and I don't really, well, I know why, but it's, I don't like when things change like i don't like when there's a remastered record and the, the drums sound different or like why am i okay. hearing these background vocals i never heard before but mm-hmm. but, but now mm-hmm. it, it's this isn't the song i fell in love with or whatever however with the beatles i love let it be but when but like the album but and the song okay. but the <laughs> the let it be naked record have you heard that record um just the isolated tracks or is it's basically um, stripped of all of George Martin's orchestral production. Mm, it's I actually haven't. I've dude, heard I've heard it, but I haven't, and I'm not. Uh, uh, I I obviously need to. It's just like because there's there's the way that it's the like how can they be my favorite band no 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 because it's not look it's like this weird side thing it's out of print that like it's been bootlegged to hell on vinyl like i don't i hope one day capital or apple finally does the the proper reissue but man it's like you know it's a different it's a different experience so you're going at it at a totally different way it's like if you were listening to tom petty's wildflowers and you're like okay now you're going to hear this but the track's going to be isolated and you're like oh okay that's yeah so you know they tell you on that's that's the price of admission you're paying 12 bucks or whatever but it's a different experience and my fucking dude this record is so it doesn't make me not want to like let it be as as is it's just a whole other trip and i it it, it just to me like this is this has got you written all over it well i'll definitely have to you know, I've probably heard part, parts of it. Mm. I've probably heard versions of it. I mean, that's the thing now is like on YouTube and Facebook or wherever you are, somebody sharing uh, um, the isolated vocal track of this. Right. right I remember right. like, you know, however many years ago, it might have been 10 years ago when I heard the Sgt. Pepper's isolated tracks mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, and I would, that just floored me. I'm being able to hear the vocals and you can hear Paul's headphones. Oh, man. Into the into the into the mic, <laughs> and you hear the power in his voice. Like those those things are super super cool. If you uh, well, and we're spoiled that we're able to. Yeah, we're we're of. super spoiled. I mean, I remember being in high school, and and that's when the anthology sets came out, and they were there's like um their fly on the wall session. So first it was like the two new tracks, like Free as a Bird, and then I can't mm-hmm. remember the other uh, is something Re- Real Love, and they'd taken John's vocal gotten back together the, the three yeah, when George was still alive obviously and then re-recorded these recorded these songs for the first time using John's vocal and it's fucking amazing but the the coolest part of these anthologies and god they cost an arm and a leg back then it was like a double or triple CD each and there's three volumes was yeah. they had, there was fly on the wall content like it was just the audio of like being in the studio during a rehearsal and getting to hear them mm. kind of talk to each other the banter they're back and forth yeah yeah Love that shit. I mean, it was just so fucking cool to hear that. It's like 
they're literally it's like if you were in the room while you know like the Sistine Chapel is being painted or the Mona Lisa is being like you're yeah. literally in there as historic pieces of art are being created it humanizes uh, them and everything because you're hearing the behind the scenes and what went into these records that are soundtracks to people's lives yeah a hundred percent soundtrack to my life you know yeah. um yeah. Absolutely. Um, so um, it's like I always love to ask this because um, even in normal conversation, I, I don't know why. And I'm not like a strip club guy at all. I think I've been to like two my entire life. But it's so to me, it's always funny when you get a band, especially a band that started as, as the Beatles did at that time. That was fucking rock and roll. But it but mm-hmm. but but it, 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 you know, obviously lived in that time and place. Did they have a did they have like a strip club anthem? Is there like a sexy song? That you is that part of the Beatles canon? Uh, do they have a song I could hear in a strip club? Yeah, uh, uh, probably Helter Skelter. I don't know. Ooh, I was that or like That's a, the first. Oh, darling, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm just trying to think of like I think of movies immediately when you said that. I'm trying to think of a scene where that would be. Uh, is it Rocky Raccoon, Billy? Come on, <laughs> strip club. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's making more and more sense as, as it goes through my head right now and mm-hmm. it gets to the bottom I go back to the top of the slide. <laughs> That's now. Just, uh, this is brutal. You have to cut this part out, obviously. Oh, obviously. <laughs> no, it's just because that's the thing. It's like such a strange question when, you, when you're like, like um, when you're talking about bands that don't know, like you, ne- if you walked into a strip club or, you wa- or you're like, there's like a sexy song, it's like Beatles are not the band that comes to mind and it's just so not obvious, that's I guess. That's a great, that's a great question. I didn't think you were going to ask, Rob. Yeah, I, I'm for fully, me, yeah. if there's a strip club song from the Beatles, it's probably that one. Okay, well that that does it, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, by the way, you never like officially answered what the band you talk about would be if they didn't exist. Oh well, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was saying Springsteen or Badfinger. Oh, you did. Uh, oh, you did. Right, right. We we went off on a tangent about uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. We did. We did. Which I knew that was gonna. Dude, we could have taken so many different turns. I'm surprised we're here. See, I'll edit. I'm surprised that. we've even talked. You know, as much. Um, I'll edit this <laughs> part like, out. You know, everybody has. <laughs> I guess everybody has like you know, Wikipedia and shit. So I guess it's not about like oh, here's how many Beatles. Facts, I know. No, no, <laughs> it's, know, it's, it's, it's just it, about the. Ex- it's about the, ex- you know, what it means to you. Well, yeah, ex- I guess exactly. You know, to me, I've spent more hours in my life listening to their records than you know anything else. You know, instead of again, mine or my dad's music, and you know, my brothers, and you know, outside of that, I've spent the most time with their music, and well, uh, that's all that matters. Is that 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 that's the band that kind of catapulted you on this on on your journey so to speak and and and, totally. and and kind of you know either if it made you pick up a guitar or not it's the band that you know that, that's just gonna let's say some band down the line hits you and it's like oh my god this is now my favorite band that might be so but the beatles are always gonna own that little corner of your heart mm-hmm. no matter what yeah man i that first town first show ever playing around people my age my peers was a talent show in the ninth grade, and I was thirteen or fourteen. And uh, somebody has some, uh, video, video footage, video footage, whatever, uh, <laughs> um, of uh, 
the the drink I sent you a picture of before we started <laughs> is obviously gone. Uh, <laughs> the uh, same, likewise. Here. Of me of me playing your Blackbird at, at in my grade nine talent show. Oh man! And uh, you know, I was just there's that there's that very famous video of Paul in the studio. He's playing a he's playing a D twenty eight Martin. Uh, you know and that mm-hmm. that was like. I wanted to do that, you know. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I played the guitar upside down uh, as a lefty. Paul was crazy, inspiring to me. You always see the the pickguard right, on top of the guitar. Right. Yeah. So there was that element of it. Um, I remember when I was sixteen, a couple years later, my dad brought home a Epiphone Texan, which uh, famously Paul used. Uh, he had a few of them. He had one with the Red Wings wheel. Mm. On it. Um, well, that's 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 very 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 on, on brand. On brand. <laughs> I think this. I think that's the yesterday guitar. Mm. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But uh, yeah, my dad brought it home and the neck was broken. And he's like, ah, oh, the guy wants too much money for it, but the neck's broken. And I'm like, oh, I got you know, uh, I I emptied my my bank account at the time and bought it and we fixed it and I still have it. And, um, that's amazing. Yeah. So I mean, just on so many levels, dude. That's my band dude that's awesome i mean and that and that's the thing right it's it's all about what it means to you and like what you feel when you hear that music and that's like even yeah. if you're you know it, even if you're having like the shittiest of fucking days and you throw on mm-hmm. revolver and it just changes everything because it just takes you yeah. out of whatever you're dealing with and i kind of noticed yeah. myself going back to those records more in the last four years in the u.s than i have ever before in my entire <laughs> life so um uh... But look, oh, man, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. Shit, I want to jump down a million rabbit holes. Oh now man, after that. I mean, the, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, that's to, to sum it up. There again, they have a song for everything. Apparently, they have a song for a strip club. I didn't even think they that they right do. And no, they do. They do. And I actually told my buddy last night on the on the episode we recorded about this. Um, this this metal band um, that I I feel that in a way the Beatles invented they were a big part of the creation of the early days of metal because she's so heavy to this day is still one of the heaviest fucking songs and riffs I have ever heard Fuck yeah! like that. And to me, like speaking of short songs, that is not that song's almost seven minutes long shoved on a record where it's basically like parts of a suite after that song. So it's like there's like little 50, 58, you know, 58 second songs and a minute and a half songs. And right in the middle of this record, this perfect, perfect record is this dirge, this opus. And that song is just like that was the first song that really hit for me because it was like, wait a minute there. This is fucking this is like Sabbath. This is insane. Yeah, before Sabbath, before it was. I, I still think to this fucking day, and I am probably wrong, and I do not care that the Beatles put that out because Sabbath was still called Earth, and they were like this hippie kind of jam band thing in Birmingham. And I feel they heard she's so heavy and said, "Well, fuck this. We're now a metal <laughs> band." The, the timeline actually works out really well. Just putting that out there. Okay. Well, somebody fucking get. Ozzy Osbourne, you, you have an opening. Hey, that's hey, that, on the, uh, Listen, what? I I I do. <laughs> I do. I love the fan. I love the fan theory. That's like a, that you just created right there. You know. I, I'm look. It's um, it's my show. I, I and also look. Here's here's the deal. The Ozzy is that's just, the Beatles are his favorite band. So you're just making me regret not picking. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course they're right. 
Well, you, make, you made me regret not picking um, Abbey Road. Oh, dude, no, no. It's Sergeant Pepper's Abbey Road. I'm like, there's there's always time to to you know look. There's there's only so much to go around, right? But look, man, I am I'm so fucking stoked that we got to do this. Um, I think you know to to close this out. What's really exciting for me? Well, you know, one, I want everybody to follow Billy. It's at Billy Rafool on socials. Um, your new record and, and everybody check out the grossed out podcast oh yeah you should do that too for sure um, thanks man but there's um, for me what's really exciting is that this is the first year full year that you and I haven't worked together and it's Fucking well, we talk so much. It doesn't. We, no, we're we're still talking <laughs> just as much and sending music and shit back and forth. But I think what's really exciting for me is that this is the first time that I'm able to. Um, I really covet my year end list, and I always like I think about it all year. I have an ongoing doc where I'm like editing and gotcha. whatever. And this is the first time I can include a Billy Rafool record on my year end list because I never put shit I work on on my list because uh, I, I did that once and that did not go well with a band that got left off. And it's like, it's my year end <laughs> list. I'm posting it on Instagram. Who fucking cares? But to me, it's important. So, uh, yeah, that's, what's really cool is that, you know, your new album international hotel is so fucking good. And you record. I appreciate that, man. I mean, you, you, that means a lot. no dude. And like to, to, to the story of you, you know, basically recording it, doing it all during the early days of, of COVID, which feels like five years ago. And then putting it out is just yeah, I know it's amazing. crazy. You say new album, and I'm like, fuck, was that? Is it still new? <laughs> like, because it's, it's felt yeah. like a, a year since the last two months. You know, I, mean, I, 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 I'm gonna date this because uh, it's gonna be really sad when I listen back to this once it comes out. But we're on day two thirty seven of the quarantine. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. On that, oh, I appreciate but, that. Yeah, dude, of course, oh, man. That's, that's special. Yeah, well, uh, dude, I, I am I'm happy that uh, I'm able to give your family artboards of your face that stay in everybody's house. <laughs> and... <laughs> um, anyway, man, thank you so much. This has been a total fucking pleasure. And um, why don't you uh, why don't you come back and do this again, and we'll tackle Badfinger. That'll be fucking awesome. Uh, I love it. Well, yeah, we'll talk some more about the Beatles. The like I said, didn't do it justice. We did, but hey. I knew we were going to ramble. We ramble. Uh, but uh, uh, that, yeah, I would love that. Amazing. Yeah, bad figure. Right on. Billy Rafool, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Ron. All right, brother.